Hello, and welcome to the Rome Around League podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Roman. Today's episode, we're taking a look at the new quarterback of the Washington Commanders, Carson Wentz. Talk about the free agent moves and most of the losses so far for the Washington Commanders in these first few days of free agency. The team hasn't done much um, at this point. They declared some cast space today with some cuts, but so that makes but that makes the draft even more important because that seems like where they're going to be the most uh, out of talent in this year's uh, 2022 roster. Last day, I'll my third mock draft for you guys. A lot to get to, so let's get started. I looked at Carson once again. You know, Carson's a guy that obviously had some up and down problems with the Colts. His stats were good. Obviously, it explain everything. Um, he had a lot, a lot of dropped interceptions. Um, he's going to have the best arm of any Washington quarterback that they've had in years. Um, you know, it's going to be something that uh, is going to help Terry and De'Ami Brown, and now they re-signed Cam Sims, guys in those deep balls. I mean, he isn't much of a check-down quarterback, and that's maybe why they didn't make as big of effort to make J.D. McKissick come back, which, again, I think is a mistake on their part, but I guess I can see the line of thinking. He is a guy that looks at tight ends, why Zach Hurts was his favorite target in Philly. I could see him building a similar rapport with Logan Thomas, um, and maybe they bring in another tight end. Austin Hooper was just cut by the Browns that Washington had interest in him two years ago. Maybe they looked to you know bring him in a smaller deal. Um, I know it seemed like they were interested in a little bit in Zach Hurts as well before he re-signed with Arizona. But Carson's a guy that came through with anticipation. You know, he does look for the deep ball too much sometimes and, you know, tries to force things with his arm. Um, and that obviously gets him into trouble sometimes. Um, obviously, he's a guy that, like I said before, is very talented. Um, obviously, he was a former MVP candidate back in 2017. Obviously, that's five years ago. But again, that's something that, you know, maybe they can tap into. He's going to be 30 this year. Obviously, they're, they're banking on Scott Turner getting the best out of him. They gave Scott Turner an extension. Ron Rivera's banking on him. He didn't have to make a move like this. It seemed like more of a panic move. Um, and it seems, let's see what happens. I mean, obviously, they could still pick a quarterback in the first or second round. I don't think it's going to be the first round. I think second round at the absolute earliest, but I really don't see that either. Um, just because if they really invest in Carson, which I guess they're really not because they can get him out of the contract after next year. But I mean, either way, you're giving up a second or a third round pick next year to go with it. If he plays 70% of plays, you're giving him a second round pick next year. Um, maybe if he's so horrible in those first eight to nine games, they just bench him and put Heineke in. Or if they do draft a rookie that way, they don't have to give up a second-round pick and it would only be a third-round pick to the Colts. Um, so, But again, I, obviously that's going to be the absolute worst that happened. It seemed, with the capital they gave up, the money they took on, it, it seems like they want him to be there playing at least for the next two or three years. But obviously that could be wrong, especially if he's horrible next year. They're obviously going to move on with a much better draft class, even more trade options or guys in free agency. Um I think it can work. I don't obviously have a lot of high hopes for it. I'm um, just based off his, you know, time and his last year at Philly and his first year in Indianapolis. Obviously, says a lot when a guy vouched for you in Indianapolis and he got rid of you after one year. Um, it seems like he definitely is a locker room. I don't say problem, but it seems like he's a different personality, type A personality. Keeps to a small circle of friends. Uh, it was listening to John Kimes podcast that basically, um, you know, he keeps to himself. Um, he, he is very religious, which I've heard, you know, I've, that could turn off um, some of the young guys in the locker room, seeing the way in Philly. Philly had a lot of people that apparently were, you know, younger and partier types, and that wasn't what Carson is. Apparently, people in the Washington locker room think that won't be a problem. They have a lot of guys that are, 
you know, more mature and mostly, you know, settled down and married. So guys that he can connect with, obviously a guy that doesn't go out or do much is not going to connect with guys, you know, younger than him or the same age or different side of lifestyles. And that's come to expect. But um, it is going to be interesting. You know, those guys love Taylor Heineken in that locker room. If he struggles, I'm sure a guy is going to you know, try to point to put Taylor in. So we'll see. And obviously, we know Carson doesn't look good with, you know, when he's looking over his shoulder, whether it be Nick Foles or in the Super Bowl run or even Jalen Hurts or if they drafted him two years ago. So. They have to invest in him. Um, I think he can really elevate Terry, hopefully, just because he can actually maybe hit some, hit him in stride for once, which Terry really hasn't had in his first three years here. That that would be nice to see. Um, but obviously, he can make some bonehead mistakes as well. So, you know, the NFC East is open right now, especially with Dallas taking some setbacks, getting um, losing Amari Cooper, Randy Gregory, Connor Williams, um, guys like that. And Eagles did make a nice move getting Hassan Riddick, but other than that, they've been pretty quiet. And Giants have added some offensive line, but obviously, they're you know pretty pretty distant fourth in the division as of right now. They do have the fifth and seventh pick in the 2022 draft, though. Um, but, yeah, that seems like it be the marquee move for the Washington offseason so far. Um, I expect them to hopefully make some other moves if they can, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, moving on to the losses of Sheriff to going to the Jets, assume the Jaguars, for three years, $49 million. That's not, you know, too surprising. He wasn't going to stay here. Um, what's surprising, I feel like Washington probably offered him a similar contractor, I would have thought. But, you know, we'll see. I think Tim Settle is going to be a big loss. He's a guy that has a lot of upside. They just think a lot of reps here. Um... I mean, he's good against the run. He's a good pass rate, five sacks in 2020. Um, so he's a guy that you know, can get after the quarterback. He's going to do really well in Buffalo, especially if he can get more playing time on a really good defensive front and probably get paid with a much bigger payday in two years. Um, losing J.D. McKissick hurts. You know, he's one of the best pass-catching running backs in the NFL at 80 catches in 2020. Um, and while it was well on his way to another type of year last year before the neck injury, it's an absolute, you know, big loss for Washington. But again, like I said, Carson doesn't dump the ball off too much. Um, but JD's going to have another. You know, I think it's another great signing by Buffalo. I think it, he'd be a great fit with Josh Allen, someone that he can d- drop down to, give him ten to fifteen yards any um, any time after the catch. I mean, someone that can mix up with Devin Singletary up there in Buffalo. So another good move by Buffalo. That's why they're an ascending team and keep getting better and better. Um, disappointing that it was only a two-year, seven million dollar contract. I don't know why Washington couldn't have done something like that. It seemed like they were waiting for him to counter offer or give him a chance to match, but. Maybe you just give him an offer in the first place, and he wants to go look for another offer. So uh, that was a bad way of doing business, in my opinion. Um, Came out today, they cut officially cut Landon Collins as a post June one cut, so he'll get eleven million dollars of cap space come June one. Um, they cut Matt Ioannidis, saved seven million dollars. I'm not too upset about Ioannidis' play has dropped off the last two years. What I'm more upset about is why did they make more of an effort to re-sign Tim Settle if they were going to cut my Matt Ioannidis? Because now they really have no depth at defense tackle or defensive end. Yes, we have top end talent. They have top end talent with Chase. And Montez Sweat and Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, um, but there's no depth. There's no one that really can. I mean, you have James Smith Williams who you know can make a play there here to Shaka Tony, but they need to sign some guys, draft some guys. That is now a need now. They need depth at defensive tackle and defensive end without Ioannidis and Settle at defensive tackle. The other one that's you know really has trashing is cutting Eric Flowers. They really seem to like him. Seemed like everyone was saying that he's going to get an extension. He did have a high cap number that saved ten million dollars in cap space. But he was a good left guard for them in the last, you know, few years that he actually played with him. And someone that I thought, you know, really would have been leaned on after Sheriff left him for agency. But now losing him, they need Schweitzer and Sadiq Charles to start of those left and right guard positions. Or they have to go out and sign someone. Or draft someone, you know, not really anyone worthy of the 11th pick to play guard in the second round. Um, maybe as some other guys they have an eye on. Um, but, you know... I, Maybe like a Kenyon Green from Texas A&M, but I don't know if he falls, falls that far in the second round. Now they've dropped five spots. but Or you know, they have a guy like Andrew Norwell who's afraid. He's playing Carolina. Um, went to Ohio State. 
and you know maybe someone like that he's I think he's 30 or 31 years old so not too old but someone that can you know come in and play right away for the team and familiar with the Carolina offense style um uh but you know I don't know what else they I, I thought maybe Carnell Williams would have been a nice pickup he only made seven million dollars a year with the Dolphins contract or even James Daniel who went to the the, Bay, uh, the Steelers he was making less than ten million dollars a year, so it's not that bad. So um, maybe they could still re-sign Eric, but that's you know I think it's another big loss. They did clear up seventeen million dollars. Cap space between I and I some flowers, so there's no excuse for them to try to make some moves. The re-signings they did re-sign Bob McCain. Um, he played a lot lot better in the second half of the year. Um, he's a competent player. He's a competent starter. Someone that could play in the slot and. Uh, Deep middle. He worked really well with Cam Crow. I don't mind re-signing him. A little surprise at two year eleven million. Obviously, it's not too pricey, but a, you know, pretty big raise from what his first one year deal with was last year. And um, obviously, they also they re-signed Cam Sims. I haven't heard any numbers on that, or if it's even official yet. But it seems like it's trending that way. Another good guy to have in the wide receiver room. Um, big, you know, target. I was more disappointed that he didn't get much run last year after the good year he had in 2020. I think he could fit well with Carson on those in-breaking routes. Someone with a big target that Carson looks to, like an Alshon Jeffrey type um, that he thrived with in Philly. Um, so it would be nice to have Cam Sims. Uh, again, I was surprised he even wanted to come back here after he didn't get much playing time here in 2021. But it's another good guy to have in that, that uh, wide receiver room, especially with one that's lack of size. Um, really, he's the tallest receiver by far. Antonio Gandy Golden is still in this organization, but again, he's fighting for a roster spot again this come this uh, this uh, this summer. Um, so again, it was, that was at least a good resigning there. Um, looking back on the JD replacements, uh, I really am upset that they let him go. I think he's a good player, but maybe they can bring in a guy like Jared McKinnon, who you know has thrived the second and really the playoffs for Kansas City Chiefs. Um, in that same pass-catching type of mold, or Tariq Cohen, who was cut by the Bears, but he was cut due to a failed physical designation. So if he's healthy, he's a guy that's an explosive, dynamic player and is a good returner as well. Um, in the draft, you have guys like James Cook from Georgia. Um, I don't think they should pick a running back in the second round. It would have been third round would have been a nice spot, but now they don't have a third-round pick. I don't think James Cook is going to last that fourth-round pick, though. But he is someone to consider a really, really good route runner for a running back. Other guys like Kyron Williams from Notre Dame who could be here in the fourth round. Zamir White from Georgia. Um, Damian Pierce is not really a pass catcher, but he's a bruiser. Someone they compare with the Tony Gibson from Florida. And Jerion Ely, another a Ole Miss back, you know, definitely could be there in day three. Someone with a lot of seed and a good, uh, good uh, pass catching ability as well, and a dynamic player. So moving on to the mock draft, starting here at number one, had the Jacksonville Jaguars not picking attack on after all the moves they've made. You know, franchise tagging Cam Robinson, signing Brandon Sheriff. I think they're going to go with Aiden Hutchinson, someone to pair with uh, Josh Allen on the defensive end, defensive line. Um, they made, obviously, a lot of moves here in free agency these first couple of days, giving Christian Kirk that out-of-this-world contract for four years, $72 million. They can get up all the way to 84. Kirk is a good receiver, but he should not be making that much money. Um, they signed cornerback Darius Williams today, linebacker Foyce Aluakon. Um, so they made, they made a lot of good moves and signed Titan Evan Ingram to one year. They're going to go with uh, Aiden Hutchinson, the first pick for the, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Second of the Detroit Lions taking defensive end, Trayvon Walker from Georgia. It's a big jump up for him from my last mock, but he had an amazing combine. Really good film of Georgia. Um, had six sacks there. I think he has potential to have you know 10 to 12 annually in the NFL. I think the talent's there. Just um, some different things I asked him to do in Georgia, and I think he's going to be a really good player for in the NFL. And I think the Lions could you know get get him at number two. I think he's leapfrog Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon just based on his work ethic and style of play. At three of the Texas taking safety, Kyle uh, Hamilton from Notre Dame. Um, Texas obviously needs talent literally everywhere. Kyle Hamilton, I think, is a top three, top four player in this NFL draft class. And I think Hamilton, you know, he had a little disappointing 40 time at four or five, but he still is an amazing player and going to be a top five safety probably by the end of his rookie year. And number four, the Jets taking tackle Evan Neal from Alabama. 
someone they can you know, take over for left tackle for Makai Beckton. They're playing on right side, the right side opposite of Makai Beckton. Uh, Evan Neal's, you know, a specimen, 6'7", 330. Doesn't look at that, you know, the way he looked at the combine. Didn't really compete, but you know, definitely doesn't look like he has an ounce of fat on him for that big of a size. I mean, really get a guy for them to have to protect uh, Justin Wilson. Timmy Zach Wilson. And number five pick of the Giants taken Iki Akonu from NC State. Um, he had another good combine. It's up 540. Uh, um, the Giants need some help on that offensive line. He can, you know, play on the right side of Andrew Thomas, and they can have a you know, offensive line's been a problem for them for years now. And, you know, they can go. This pick will really help them um, uh, go, really help them, you know, build that you know, offensive line. I did stutter real quick because I just saw an alert that apparently. Um, this makes me feel better. It makes the fans feel better. They, they did. J.D. McKissick is um, walking back on his agreement with the Bills, and he is re-signing with Washington. Um, my loom and gloom from the last segment of the podcast can now be erased. I think J.D. McKissick is going to be a guy that they really needed to have. It's going to be a really good you know, uh, chance for them to help this offense continue to grow, take some pressure off Gibson. I think they're still going to look for a running back in the draft class. That's where Damian Pierce comes in for Florida. But now they don't have to look at that pass-catching option. Nice that J.D. McKissick was able to, they were able to get that back. Now let's hold, if cross our fingers, maybe they can get Tim Settle to change his mind too, um, especially now that they cut Ioannidis. So maybe it's in this cast basis to, you know, bring a guy like J.D. back um, and maybe even Settle. Um, so, yeah, I'll take that. I think J.D. McKissick was a really good, really good player for this team, and he continue to be now with this, you know, having him change his mind and having him go to, uh, come back to Washington. That, that, that was a really nice move by them, um, especially since Buffalo is a much better team and, you know, much better success right away. But hey, he seems comfortable here. I'm glad he's back here and he can add to his offense and um, you know build on the momentum he had in his first two years here. Okay, so sorry, back to the Mac draft. Number six, you have the Carolina Panthers. I've taken ty- tackle Charles Cross in Mississippi State. Again, they need a left tackle since Jordan Gro- Gross retired. That was um, you know a big, they haven't had that you know filled for almost 10 years now. So having Charles Cross to play on the opposite side of um, uh, Taylor Moten for them would be really good for help. Whoever's playing quarterback for them, obviously they're 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 holding their fingers crossed for Deshaun Watson. So I'm sure they would love to have that. But again, if the, if they get Deshaun Watson, this pick's gonna go to Houston. At seven of the Giants from the Justin Fields trade, they have his pick from the Bears, taking edge rusher Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Um, they need someone on the opposite of Ozzy Azari, um, who's had a really nice rookie year, a second round pick for them from Georgia last year. Um, getting him, it seems like Thibodeau wants to go to the Giants. They kind of hinted that at the combine. Um, he definitely seems like kind of an eccentric guy, personality, but he has a you know boatload of talent. He was the number one player coming out of high school. Um, he'd be a guy that the Giants would probably love to get at seven. And number eight, how the Atlanta Falcons, another team, those are Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Again, this pick would go to Houston. Um, but they need receivers crazy, crazy bad right now. Kevin really had the suspension for the betting. Um, they lost uh, Russell Gage in free agency Tampa Bay. They really have no receivers. Uh, so I have them going with wide receiver Drake London from USC, the 6'5 target, or excuse me, 6'4, as he's a measure of the combine, is someone that Matt Ryan can look to. You know, having two big targets on Kyle Pitts and Drake London will really help that offense stay afloat um, as long as Matt Ryan's still uh, behind center. And number nine, you have the Seattle Seahawks now having this ninth pick from the Denver Broncos trade of Russell Wilson. Hadn't gained their future quarterback here with Malik Willis from Liberty. Then they're going to be patient with him. They can be. Um, looks like they're going into a little bit of a reload. Uh, Malik has the most talent in this draft class. I could see, you know, Schneider falling in, uh, Pete Carroll falling in love with a person like Malik Willis and the talent that he has, you know. I think Malik Willis would be a really nice fit there. Um, he would definitely have the deep ball capability to hit DK Metcalf um, for years to come. But again, I think Malik would probably sit in 2020, 2022, excuse me, and then they could have Drew Locke playing starting, or maybe they um, look at a uh, 
guy like Marcus Mariota to come in. And number 10 of the New York Jets, this is from the Jamal Adams trade. Having the Seattle, so they have the Seattle, Seattle Seahawks original pick, taking quarterback Ahmad Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati. No cornerback isn't as a pressing need for the Jets now if they sign DJ Reed to pair with Brees Hall. Um, but Gardner's, you know, a top five, top six talent in this draft class. And I think the Jets, you know, would love a tall, long, ranging corner like Gardner. He's 6'3", ran a 4'4", the combine. Um, and you can't say no to a talent like that as a top 10 pick. Now, they can go receiver here as well. Um, but I think getting Gardner there is someone Robert Sala would love to have. And number 11, you have the commanders on the clock. Um, I had a couple options here. I was thinking, originally I had Derek Singley Jr. from LSU because it seemed like this team isn't as adamant on getting wide receiver help. Um, again, I could look to guard now after losing Eric Flowers. I don't see when is that, you know, capability, capable to go there. They can go. I don't think they're going to go quarterback here, so I crossed out a Kenny Pickett type. So I'm going to go, or they can go middle linebacker here, Devin Lloyd or Kobe Dean, more a Devin Lloyd type. I think he's a better prospect at this point in the draft class. Um, but I'm going to go with my first pick that I had in the first mock draft, and that's wide receiver Garrett Wilson. Um, he's been my favorite wide receiver prospect the last couple weeks. After that great combine, I went and watched some uh, more film with him, and I think to someone that I'm really high on, someone that more and more of, I really reminds me of Stephon Diggs, and I love the way just the way he attacks the ball. He might be six foot or a little, little under, he, but he plays like a six three, six four, and you know that Ohio State pedigree is just you know something you can't turn your back on. Um, and I'm sure he'll get you know high praise from a guy like Chase Young or Terry McLaurin to the front office. So I think Garrett Wilson would be a perfect type to have the opposite of Terry McLaurin. Add with Curtis Samuel, Deami Brown, Cam Sims, and he could really help uh, Carson Wentz hopefully take off in his first year here in Washington. Number 12, the, the Minnesota Vikings taking edge rusher David Ujabu from Michigan. Seems like Daniel Hunter might be in the um, uh, training blocks. So getting a guy like Ojabu who could take over right away would be a big, you know, big hit for Minnesota. And even if they don't, um, getting another third pass rusher would not, you know, be a bad thing for them. You can never have enough pass rushers in the NFL. Ojabu has double-digit sack potential. Number 13 of the Cleveland Browns. I hadn't taken quarterback Kenny Pitt, Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh. Um, after the news of Deshaun Watson meeting with Cleveland, you know, Baker Mayfield had like a goodbye apology, uh, an apology, a goodbye letter on Instagram to the Cleveland Browns fans. And seems like he thinks he's out of there one way or the other. I don't know if they're getting Deshaun Watson, but um, let's say they, they don't or they do. Maybe they go after a Jimmy Garoppolo type or maybe they just trade him away. I think um, the Colts and Seahawks are probably the biggest option for him. It seemed like Seattle even liked him a couple years ago in the draft or four or five years ago now. Wouldn't be surprised if they make a run at him. Uh, so I'm going to have them going with Kenny Pickett. I think someone they can play from day one. I think Stefanski um, had you know Kurt Cousins in Minnesota. Um, and I think he could see a little Kirk Cousins, a little Kenny Pickett, someone they can play on from day one. They wouldn't have to have him do too much. They have Nick Chubb in the backfield as a stud. Uh, Kareem Hunt's a stud. Then they just traded for Amari Cooper. Um, David Njaku, a tight end. Um, so they, they could still win with a rookie quarterback um, and be just as probably as competent as they had when they had Baker Mayfield. Um, so that will, uh, I think it could be a pick for them there at 13. 14, the Baltimore Ravens taking no sack with Jordan Davis from Georgia. The dude had an absolute hell of a combine. He's a freak being that big and being able to run a 4.7, 330, and just crazy. They can have someone that can, you know, replace that, have, you know, dominant no sack they've been lacking since the Lodi Nada retired. Uh, number 15, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. This is from the Miami Dolphins train from a year ago, taking defense tackle Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. Looks like Fletcher Cox is on the trading block, getting a guy like Devontae Wyatt could step in and replace from day one would be a huge priority for them. He's another one from that great Georgia defensive line, a defensive in general, that they can, uh, I think, is a top 15, top 20 talent. 
At 16, you have the Eagles from the Carson Wentz trade for the Colts pick. Taking linebacker Devin Lloyd from Utah. He had a disappointing 40 time at 4-7, um, but he is another guy that's going to be, I think he's a top linebacker in this draft class. And then one, another guy that I think Washington could consider at 11. Um, but Lloyd's a guy that, you know, Philly's been lacking middle linebackers for a while as well. This would be a good pick for them. 17, you have the Chargers taking tackle Trevor Penny from Northern Iowa. Back-to-back years for a tackle for them, but they just cut Brian Balaga. They did a nice job um, in free agency um, loading up defensive tackle, signing Austin Johnson and uh, Sebastian Day from the Rams. So I think it's... I think they still could pick a defensive tackle, um, but they're loading up now, especially even getting signing um, J.C. Jackson from the Patriots, trading for Khalil Mack. They get a guy like Trevor Penning to play opposite um, at the first-round pick last year. It would be a really good pick for them to um, to protect their superstar young quarterback, Justin Herbert. At 18, I'm just going to predict the Saints are going to get Deshaun Watson. It seems like he's the number one uh, and a leaderboard for Deshaun. So I have this pick going to the Houston Texans. Um, I have taken cornerback Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU. I think Stingley should go a lot higher than this, uh, but a lot of people were down on him just because he hasn't had much tape these last two years. But his freshman year tape, he was a top three, top four pick. Um, and I think teams are still going to value that. Um, he had injuries in the COVID year, but I mean, he'd be an absolute steal for the Texans here at pick 18, again, who just need talent in the worst way and rebuilding that. They could have an elite secondary here in the next two years if they take Kyle Hamilton to the top of the draft and then Derek Stingley here picking 18. 19 at the Eagles taking wide receiver Chris Olave from Ohio State. Going back to the Ohio State, you know, breeding ground of receivers. I mean, another pick for Philly is be third year to take a receiver, but Olave will be coming and be the, you know, the number two compliment to Devontae Sims from day one. At 20, after the Steelers signed Mr. Trubisky, I don't think it takes away from a quarterback, but I think they like Malik Wills, and he's off the board here. So I'm going to go with quarterback Trent McDuffie from Washington. They did just sign Levi Wallace from Buffalo, but they do still need a lot of cornerback help. I don't know if they're going to back Joe Hayden. McDuffie had a nice combine. Um, you know, on the smaller side for corner, 5'11", um, but Pittsburgh, like I said, could just use an infusion of talent in that secondary. McDuffie be a good start for that. 21 of the Patriots taking linebacker Nicobe Dean from Georgia. Um, they're losing Dante Hightower free agency, or at least they haven't re-signed him yet. They did trade for Mac Wilson yesterday, uh, but Dean's a guy that I could see really fitting well into that Bill Belichick type of offense, excuse me, defense, and someone that could, you know, step in and start for them for day one as well. And 22 of the Las Vegas Raiders taking wide receiver Jamison Williams from Alabama. Um, he's a guy that I love. Um, he's right there with Garrett Wilson for me, but he's slipped a little bit just because of that torn ACL. But it looks like he could be in play for, you know, week one or the first week of the season. The dude has speed. He would have ran, you know, low four threes the combine. Um, and, you know, we all know the Raiders love speed. Um, and they need someone that could have you know, took it down the Henry Ruggs role. And James Williams would be a great, great start for that for Derek Carr. Um, so, you know, someone, it's a guy to hit downfield. At 23 of the Cardinals taking edge rusher Jermaine Johnson, the second from Florida State. He's a Georgia transfer that had a double-digit season for Florida State, winning the ACC Player of the Year. Doesn't look like they're going to bring back Chandler Jones, so getting Jermaine Johnson there that would be you know really big step in them and help them replace Chandler Jones. At 24, the Eagles lost Randy Gregory to the Broncos. They still could sign someone. It seemed like they're in the market for Vaughn Miller. I don't know if they're going to get to that number because I think Vaughn wants a good amount of money. I think he's going to end up back with the Rams. So I had them going with Ed Rusher George Carfitis from Purdue. Um, he's a guy that, you know, really good uh, edge rusher, really good against the run as well. Good pass rushing stats there at Purdue. Um, someone that can help in uh, play their opposite to Marcus Lawrence. 25, the Buffalo Bills taking a little bit of a luxury pick here. Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Pairing him with Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis. And um, Isaiah McKenzie would just continue and continue to build up you know, Josh Allen and the Bills. Um, again, they don't need him, but I think Burks on the opposite of Diggs and Davis would be absolutely a terror for AFC defenses to compare, um, contend for. At 26, they have Titans taking tackle Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan. Um, obviously, they have Taylor Wan on the left side, but he's had a lot of injuries the last couple of years. Um, they have Kessenberry in the right tackle spot, 
But um, I did an upgrade with him here from Raymond from Central Michigan. And again, it's not, no, no nothing wrong with having good three tackle, uh, three good tackles, especially when one like Taylor Wan, who's um, been injured a lot the last couple of years. At 27 of the Buccaneers taking Zion Johnson from Boston College as the guard. He can also play center. They did make a great trade for Shaq Mason yesterday from the Patriots, getting Tom Brady's old teammate to play and replace Ali Marpet, but they still need to replace um, Alex Kappa. So I think Zion Johnson would be a really good pick for them here. Um, he can go a little higher as too. It seems like he's a uh, really good guy off the field as well. I think the teams fall in love with him and someone that, you know, is also a guy that is a really good um, versatility to play center and guard. At 28, the Packers take wide receiver Jahan Dotson from Penn State. Packers finally get Aaron Rodgers, the first-round receiver here, the first time in his whole 18-year playing career. Um, Dotson is a guy that um, can play in the slot for them. Uh, they have brought back uh, Marquez Vada, Scantling Lent. They did tender Alan Lazar, so they will have him. Uh, but getting Dotson there to you know help take some pressure off Devontae Adams will help Aaron Rodgers a lot. 29, the Dolphins take an edge. Uh, boy Mafe from Minnesota. Minnesota. He had seven sacks last year. Had a great Senior Bowl, good combine. They did Jalen Phillips last year in the um, first round. He had a good rookie season. They also have um, Emmanuel Ogba. But again, I think you could just continue to add up that pass rush um, for the Dolphins. And you know, again, you have three good four pass rushers um, that could always come in and rotate. Your team defense is going to be in really good shape. At 30, of the Kansas City Chiefs taking cornerback Kyler Gordon from Washington. Um, the Chiefs just lost their Tre'Davious Ward to the 49ers. Getting Gordon can help re- replace that. They also did re-sign Justin Reed to replace Tyron Matthew, so that was you know a good pickup for them. Um, but again, getting a guy like Carla Gordon, their secondary has been a problem for years, um, and getting a guy like Gordon will hopefully help them uh, start rectifying that problem. At 31, of the Cincinnati Bengals taking center Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. They did a nice job in free so far, um, signing Alex Kappa and Ted Karras from the Patriots, but those guys are going to play guard for them. They get a center like Tyler Linderbaum would be an absolute revelation for Joe Burrow. Uh, getting a guy like that to be right in front of him would be um, a hell of a pickup for the Bengals and kind of a steal. Again, I don't. I think he's too talented to drop this far, uh, but I think I could see it just because sometimes center is a devalued position in the NFL. But getting Linderbaum to go along with Karras and Kappa and Jonah Williams on the left side, um, they could use an upgrade to right tackle still, but again, that goes a long way in helping this team um, stay relevant for years to come. And lastly, with the last pick in the draft, first round, excuse me, uh, the Detroit Lions are going to take quarterback Desmond Rudder for Cincinnati. Uh, he's you know, really... Gone up some draft boards in Senior Bowl. Really nice combine running a 4-5, 40. Um, showed some of that athleticism that he showed on tape at Cincinnati. Um, the Lions had a chance to be around him at the Senior Bowl. They were one of the coaching staffs there. Um, and a guy like Ritter could sit behind Jared Goff for a year, um, you know, learn Armand St. Brown, and they signed G.J. Chark to a one-year deal. You know, good running back DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams. I'm getting a guy like that for Ritter to sit in here and learn the offense and you know, get acclimated with those guys can really help him take off in 2023. Well, with that, that will conclude this Room Around League episode. It's been a slow free agent period for the Commanders, um, but they've made some good moves in the past after that first wave. Um, so let's see what they can do. They've signed guys like J.D. McKissick, Logan Thomas, um, Ronald Darby after that first wave, so maybe they can have some more tricks up their sleeve. was a great you know, chance to get J.D. McKissick back. That's um, glad, glad I got that news during the, the podcast and was able to add it in, and that's really, really good news. They were able to flip J.D. McKissick back to the Washington Commanders from the Buffalo Bills. I hope you enjoy the mock draft. And I will have another one in two weeks. I'll be back next week talking about more free agents and moves throughout the league. You can follow me on Twitter at NFLScout21 and Instagram at RomanLeague underscore pod. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.